Chapter Fourteen of Wolfbane by Frederick Pohl and C. M. Cornbluth. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. With a series of grinding shocks, like an enormous earthquake fault relieving a strain, the pyramids began to fight back. Tropile, the Alanarova mine called urgently. Tropile flashed to the trouble spot, through eyes that were not his own. Tropile scanned the honeycombed world of the pyramids. There was an area where huge and ancient vehicles lay covered with a slow dust of centuries, and the vehicles were beginning to move. Caterpillar-treaded hauling machines were loading themselves with what Tropile judged to be quickly synthesized explosives. Almost forgotten wheeled vehicles were creeping mindlessly out of nearly abandoned storage sections and lumbering painfully along the tunnels of the planet. Coming toward us, Tropile diagnosed dispassionately. Alan Arova queried, They mean to fight? Of course. You see if you can penetrate the circuit that controls them. I... Already he was flashing away. I'll get the boys through Joey. It was queer looking through the eyes of the alien they called Joey. Colors were all wrong. Perspective was flat. But he could see, though cloudily. He saw Handel joyously fitting a bayonet, a bayonet, to a rifle. He saw Citizen Germain, naked but square-shouldered, puffing valiantly along in the rear. Tropile said through the strange vocal cords that belonged to the alien, You'll have to hurry. Strange to speak in words again. The pyramids are heading toward the chambers where the components are kept. I think they mean to kill us. He flashed away, located the area, flashed back. You'll have to go without me. I mean, without Joey me. The only way I can see to get there is through a narrow little ventilation tunnel. I guess ventilation is what it's for. Quickly, but against the familiar race of thought, it seemed agonizingly slow. He laid out the route for them and left. It was up to them. Watching from a dozen viewpoints at once, he saw the slow creep of the pyramid's machines and the slower intersection march of his little army. He studied the alternative cross routes and contrived to block some of them by interfering with the control circuits of the emergency doors and portals. But there were some circuits he could not control. The pyramids had withdrawn whole sections of their net, and areas of the planet were now hidden from him entirely. Sections of the vast maintenance propulsion manufacturing complex were no longer subject to his interference or control. It would be, Tropile thought dispassionately, a rather close thing. The chances were perhaps six out of ten that his hastily assembled task force would be able to intersect the convoy of automatic machines before it could reach the racks of nutrient tanks. And if they were not in time, Tropile almost laughed out loud, if that had been possible. Why, then his body would be destroyed. How trivial a thing to worry about. He began to forget his own body. Surely it was somebody else's bone and tissue that lay floating in the eight-branched snowflake. He knew that this was not so. He knew that if his body were killed, he would die. And yet there was no sense of fear, no personal involvement. It was an interesting problem in scheduling and nothing more. Would the human fighters get there in time? Perhaps the automatic machines had senses, for as the first of the humans burst into the tunnel they were using, a few hundred yards ahead of the lead load carrier, the machines shuddered to a stop. Pause for a second. Then, laboriously, they began to back toward the nearest of the side passages that Tropile had been unable to block. 
He scanned it hurriedly. Good, good. The circuits surrounding the passage proper were out of his reach, but it led to another passage, an abandoned pipeline of sorts, it seemed, and that he could reach. Patiently, how slowly the machines crept along. He waited until one of the pyramid's machines bearing explosives passed through an enormous valve in the line. And then the valve was thrown. The explosion triggered every vehicle in the line. The damage was complete. Scratch one threat from the pyramids. And almost at once there was an urgent call from Alanarova. Tropile, quickly! The pyramids were the mightiest race of warriors the universe had ever known. They were invulnerable and unconquerable, except from within. Like Alexander the Great, they had met every enemy and whipped them all. And, like dying Alexander, they writhed and raged against the tiny, unseen bacillus within themselves. Blindly, almost suicidally, the pyramids returned to their ancient principle of shove and haul. The geography of the binary planet was like the hive of bees, nearly featureless on the surface, but internally a congresses of tunnels, chambers, warrens, rooms, tubes, and amphitheaters. The machinery and metal components were everywhere thick under the planet's crust. The more delicate and more useful components of flesh and blood were, to a degree, concentrated in a few areas. And one of those areas had disappeared. Tropile, battering futilely with his mind at the periphery of the vanished area, cried sharply to Alanarova and the others. It looks as though they've broken a piece right out of the planet. Everything stops here. There's a physical gap which I can't cross. Hurry, one of you. What was that section for? Propulsion. I see. Tropile hesitated, confused, for the first time since his awakening. Wait. He retreated to the snowflake and communed with the other eight branch members, now become something that resembled his general staff. He told them. Most of them already knew. But the telling took so little time that it was simpler to go through it from the beginning to the end. The pyramids attempted to cut the propulsion pneuma out of the circuit some seconds or days ago, and were unsuccessful. We awakened additional components, and were able to maintain contact with it. They have now apparently cut it loose from the planet itself. I do not think it is far, but there is a physical space between. The importance of the propulsion pneuma is this. It controls the master generators of electrostatic force which are used both to move this planet and ours, and to perform the act of translation. If the pyramids control it, they may be able to take us out of circuit, perhaps back to Earth, perhaps throwing us into space where we will die. The question for decision, how can we counteract this move? A rush of voices all spoke at once. It was no trick for Tropile and the others to sort them out and follow the arguments of each, but it cannot be reproduced. At last one said, There is a way. I will do it. It was Alanarova. What is the way? Tropile demanded, curiously alarmed. I shall go with them, trace the areas the pyramids are attempting to isolate, place my entire self. By this she meant her concentration, her psyche, that part of all of them which flashed along the neuron guides, unhampered by flesh or distance. In the most likely point they will next cut loose and then I shall cause the propulsion units on the severed section to force them back into circuit. Tropile objected. But you don't know what will happen. 
we have never been cut off from our physical bodies alinarova it may be death it may not be possible at all you don't know alinarova thought a smile and a farewell she said no i do not and then good-bye tropile she had gone furiously tropile hurled himself after her but she was quick as he too quick to catch she was gone foolishness foolishness he shouted silently how could she do an insane chancy thing like this and yet what else was there to do they were all ignorant babies temporarily successful because there had been no defense against them for who expects babies to rise up in rebellion they didn't know for all they could guess or imagine the pyramids had an effective counter for any move they might make temporary success meant nothing it was the final decision that counted when either the pyramids were vanquished or the men and what steps were needed to make that decision favor the men were anyone's guess alinarova was as good as he tropile could only watch and wait through a great many viewpoints and observers he was able to see roughly what happened there was a section of the planet next to severed chunk where the mind and senses of alidorova lay coiled for a moment and were gone for what it had accomplished her purpose succeeded she had been taken she was out of circuit the overwhelming consciousness of loss that flooded through glen tropile was something outside of all his experience next to him in the snowflake the body which he had learned to think of as the body of Alinarova twisted sharply, as though waking from a dream, and lay flaccid, floating in the fluid. Alinarova! Alinarova! There was no answer. A voice came precisely. Tropile! Here and now! Quickly! Goodbye, Alinarova! He flashed away to see what the other voice had found. Great mindless boulders were being chipped away from the crust of the binary planet and whirled like midgets in the void around it what is it cried one of the others tropile had no answer it was the pyramids clearly were they attempting to demolish their own planet were they digging away at the crust to uncover a maggot's nest of unawakened components beneath the air cried tropile sharply and knew it was true what the pyramids were up to was a simple delousing operation if you could destroy their own machinery for maintaining air and pressure and temperature they would destroy all living things within including Hendel and citizen germain and thus in the final analysis including the bodies of tropile and his awakened fellows for without the mobile troops to defend their helpless cocoons against the machines of the pyramids the limp bodies could be destroyed as easily as a larva under a farmer's heel so alinarova had failed alone against the pyramids she had been unable to bring the recaptured sections back into the circuit that tropile's components now dominated it was the end of hope but it was not the fear of defeat and the damnation of the earth that paralyzed tropile it was alinarova gone from him forever the pyramids were too strong and yet he thought quickeningly they had been too strong before and still a weak spot had been found think he ordered himself desperately and then again think components stirred restlessly around him questioning think he cried mightily all of you think think of your lives and hopes think hope worry dream the components were reaching toward him now wonderingly he commanded them violently do it concentrate wish 
think let your minds run free and think of earth pleasant grass and warm sun think of loving and sweating and heartbreak think of death and birth think for the love of heaven and the answer was not a sound but it was deafening in the cutoff sections alanarova's soaring mind lay trapped it had not been enough she could not force her will against the dull inflexibility of the pyramids until that inflexibility began to waver there was a leakage of thought it maddened and baffled the pyramids the whole neuronic network was resounding to the babble of thoughts and emotions that to a pyramid were utterly demented the rousing component minds throbbed with urge and emotion that were new to the pyramid experience what could a pyramid make of human sex drive or of the ropey armed aliens passionate defecation of the egg what of hunger and thirst and the blazing wolf need for odds and advantage that streamed out of such a tropile they wavered unsure their reactions were slow and very confused for alanarova succeeded in her purpose she was able to reach out across the space and barrier to tropile and the propulsion pneuma was back in circuit the section that controlled the master generators of the electronic scythe lay under his hands now he cried and all of the components reached out to grasp and move now and the central control was theirs the full flood of power for the generators was at their command now 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 and they reached out with a fat pencil of electrostatic force and caught the sluggish brooding pyramid on mount everest it had squatted there without motion for more than two centuries now it quivered and seemed to draw back but the probing pencil caught it and whirled it and hurled it up and out of earth into the tiny artificial sun it struck with a flare of blue-white light one gone gloated tropile alanarova are you there still here she called from a great distance again again they reached for the pyramids and found them wherever they were some lay close to the surface of the binary planet some were hundreds of miles within and a few more desperate than the others or merely assigned to a task they discovered at the very portal of the single spaceship of the pyramids but wherever they were and whatever they chose to do each one of them was found and seized they came wriggling and shaking like trout on an angler's line they came bursting through layer on layer of impenetrable metal that nevertheless they penetrated they came by the dozens and scores and at last by the thousands but they came there were more and more flares of blue-white light on the tiny sun so many that tropile found himself scouring the planet in the desperate search for one surviving pyramid not to destroy as an enemy but to keep as a specimen but he searched in vain the pyramids were destroyed gone there was not one left the earth lay open and free under its tiny sun for the first time in centuries it had been a strange war but a short one and it was over the end of chapter 14 of wolfbane by frederick pole and cm cornbluth